This is Here After, and I'm your host, Megan Devine. Each week, we tackle big questions from educators, therapists, and other helpful folks that let us explore how to show up after life goes horribly wrong. This week, keeping secrets. What happens when someone dies and they aren't out to their friends and family? And what happens when your answer to the question, how many kids do you have, is way more complicated than small talk really allows? These sticky personal versus private questions are coming right up after this first break. You don't put those inside of you, do you? This is a show about women. I mean, you do? Finally, a show about women that isn't just a thinly veiled aspirational nightmare. It's not hosted, not narrated. We're just dropping into a woman's world. I found out when my dad was gay when I was 10. We were in a convertible on the 405 freeway, listening to the B-52s. Looking back, I should have said, this is gay. This is already all gay. <laughs> Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Fear of the unknown is the greatest fear of all. And for millions of Americans, there is no greater unknown than Alzheimer's disease. I'm Dana Torito, a writer and Alzheimer's advocate. On my podcast, The Memory Whisperer, I strive to calm your fears about the disease through thoughtful conversations with experts, care partners, and more. Action is the antidote for fear. Listen to The Memory Whisperer on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. The world is full of magic and wonder, if you know where to look. And I'm obsessed with looking for it. I'm Simon Sinek, and I host a podcast called A Bit of Optimism. Each week, I have a short conversation with someone who inspires me or teaches me something about life, leadership, and other curious things. I hope you'll join me on the journey. Listen to A Bit of Optimism on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Before we get started, one quick note. While I hope you find a lot of useful information in our time here together, this show is not a substitute for skilled support with a licensed mental health provider or for professional supervision related to your work. I got two other things I want to mention before we get rolling. One, I want to mention that this episode contains very brief discussion of suicide and accidental death. And while there aren't any details about those deaths shared, I still kind of like you to know that ahead of time. The other thing I want you to know is this is a heavier episode. I don't like doing super heavy episodes because I think sometimes we shy away from them and you want to turn it off, but I can't make things pretty for you. I don't think you expect pretty from me. Life is really challenging sometimes and we have to talk into that difficulty so that we can find a way to navigate it. Okay, so with social media being what it is, we know a lot more about the people we don't know than we used to. And it's also possible or probable that we know more about other people than maybe we should. But one of the things that I really love about right now is how freely people share what's really going on with them, right? Like log into Twitter, you're going to know that you can post about how annoyed you are with something or maybe you're having a really rough day, right? Aren't you posting that stuff? Okay, wait. Now that I say that, maybe we aren't posting that stuff. We are still very much in a good vibes only culture. So even when the vibes are anything but good, 
maybe we aren't posting that stuff. I guess it depends on what day you log in or or what your feed is like as to whether how much truth telling you actually see on your social media channels or not. But I think there's this expectation, even if it's not always a reality, that everything is welcome online. Talk about your mental health. Reach out and connect with people. Share your story. I mean, the whole first episode of this show is about that weird disconnect between what we say we want people to talk about and what we actually allow people to talk about. There is almost this expectation, though, this dream that we're reaching for where it's okay to share personal, often painful things with the people around us. I love that dream. But as with everything else related to being human, it's not a one thing or the other situation. We say nothing or we say everything. Humans are like this one giant gray area. So this week on the show, I want to explore what we say, when we say it, and why we say it. Using two questions we receive pretty often, actually more often than maybe you would expect. While the stories shared by these two listeners are obviously unique and personal to the people who sent them in, the issues involved are not unique at all. They touch into the common themes of personal versus public information, inclusion and privacy, and the always relevant issue of where we go when we can't go where we want to (laughs) go. A little bit confusing, but it'll make sense at the end, I promise. I will also tell you that this week's listener questions are death-related, but the underlying concerns are not specific to death. So if you are wrestling with personal versus private grief in your own life, grief of any kind, this episode is for you. If you are working with clients or patients or students or you're listening to a friend who's grappling with these issues of personal versus private, this episode is also for you. I want to remind everybody that grief is this giant bucket term covering all of the little weirdnesses of being alive right up through the massive disruptions of life. Everybody's got some grief in their lives, whether they use that word to describe it or not. This first listener message comes from a caller in Puerto Rico. She shared, My girlfriend died in a car accident in October, along with several members of her family. On top of grieving for my partner's death, I've been told by some people that I shouldn't express my grief to anybody because my girlfriend hadn't come out yet to her family. The accident happened before she could let the world know the depth of our relationship. So now I'm being told to stay quiet about my grief since it would involuntarily out her. Staying quiet feels like I'm being pushed back into the closet myself and it makes me feel even more alone in my suffering. What am I supposed to do? Oof. Kind of collective deep breath on that one, everybody. That is a really rough story with a lot of different layers to it. So first we want to acknowledge that this is a really big event that touches a lot of different people in this family, in this community. We're not going to dive into all of those pieces, but it would be weird of me to not acknowledge how heavy this entire question is. Yeah? So let's talk about this core issue here where this caller says, my girlfriend wasn't out to her family and I can't really tell the truth about our relationship or connect with, you know, my extended family that was part of my girlfriend's family. Like, I can't tell the truth about this without violating her privacy. 
I mean, we still live in a world, everybody, where it's not safe to love who you love. This is just a really crappy, crappy reality. There are lots of reasons why somebody would choose not to come out to their friends, to their family, sometimes even to themselves. That is a really big issue that we're going to get into in other shows. But pacing yourself and making decisions about when you come out and who you come out to, that is a really individual decision. Which makes this listener's question extra tricky. Because the first thing I'm going to say is, you can't out your girlfriend. This is a tricky topic even outside of death, but we have to respect and protect our people's timing and that they knew best for themselves if and when that information was safe to share. So I feel like we have to respect somebody's choices, their timing, their pacing, and their privacy in life and in death. I'm going to go pop culture here for a second. There's this great scene in the television show Schitt's Creek where David realizes that his fiance's parents aren't aware, one, that their son is gay, and two, that David is about to become their son-in-law. So you kind of expect this character of David to go ballistic when he finds out that his fiance hasn't even told his parents that he's gay yet, let alone that he's getting married. So you expect him to kind of lose his shit. But when we get to that scene between David and his fiance, he doesn't. It's this like sweet, kind, supportive exchange between he and his partner where he says, I wish that they already knew and I definitely have some feelings about that, but this is something that only you can choose. Only you know when your timing is right for you and I support you in that. Even if it breaks my heart that they don't yet know who you are. Both things are true. In this scene, he's hurt and he understands. This is one of the really difficult parts of love is knowing that you have to respect your partner's pacing and what they need and what they need for their own safety. Whole other topic here. Sometimes you have to make decisions about whether you're willing to stay in a relationship where your partner has different pacing than you. That's that's not what this caller, this listener is talking about. But I want to touch on that, too, that if your partner's pacing doesn't match your pacing, you get to make decisions about how you want that relationship to unfold. So this is sort of like in life, we have to respect our partner's pacing and what they need to feel safe enough to come out in a more public or family way. That extends to after death as well. Now, this caller called us in from Puerto Rico. There are also cultural differences that I'm not aware of that you also need to sort of be aware of when you're talking about family systems of any kind, not just in the LGBTQIA plus community. So there's just so many different factors in here. So I think the safest thing to say in this one is that we want to respect and protect our partner's pacing and their identity since they can't be here to speak for themselves. We need to sort of go with the last thing that we knew of them. And for this caller, it sounds like their partner was not yet ready, was not yet safe enough to come out to their family in this way. The other thing that I want to mention, and I sort of alluded to it when I opened this question, this is a massive loss that just hit this family, a massive loss of multiple family members. To add the revelation that one of the people who died in this family is gay, knowing that a lot of the family members aren't aware of this. 
I don't know that that's really fair. That seems kind of mean to this caller, but I don't know that it's really fair to add another really big, potentially life-altering piece of information when a family system is already reeling. So we've got two don't mention it. <laughs> Two don't mention it votes. One is we want to respect your partner's pacing and wishes that we understood when she was alive. And two, we don't want to add new, really potentially powerful information to a family system that's already reeling. Now, having said those two things, it's also really, really important that you get support. The way that this question was phrased was, I'm being told that I can't say anything. There's also some stuff that was in the voicemail that I haven't read or haven't shared with you listeners directly. It was basically around like, I can't even paint about it, draw about it, write about it because everybody told me I can't even think about our relationship because it's too dangerous for the family system. That's never true. You may not be able to talk about the depth of your relationship and the depth of your grief in that family system. But it is very, very important that you have an opportunity to tell the truth to a therapist, to LGBTQIA support centers, anywhere you can find that community that understands, I want you to lean into it. You can always, always, always tell yourself the truth. Right? Sometimes telling yourself the truth is a really powerful act. It lets you then have the roots have the grounding to be able to advocate for yourself in other places to find support for yourself. And I can tell you another thing I alluded to at the beginning of this show, even though this listener's story is very unique to them, this dynamic of my partner died and they weren't out to our families. So I feel like I have to pretend that I'm something I'm not. And that's really, really hard for me inside the devastation of this loss. That is not a new thing. That is not a unique thing. That happens to so many people across so many different cultures and so many different communities and so many different experiences. You are absolutely not alone if that is something you are facing. Lean into the support of the queer community. There are other people like you and you deserve all the support in the world. And this is where that term chosen family comes in really handy. I'm going to link to a few places where you might look for support in the show notes, but I just want you to remember that both of those things are true. It absolutely sucks that you can't be your full self and express your full self to that family system and show up as the full grieving, loving person that you are. It is also true that you deserve all the support in the world. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. 
Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. I don't understand what the big fat ones are. You don't put those inside of you, do you? I mean, you do? This is a show about women. Okay, so I just reapply my lip gloss after eating a delicious lunch. We are headed back now to European political systems class at Baruch College. Woo! Finally, a show about women that isn't just a thinly veiled aspirational nightmare. That's it. That's actually the name of the show. It's not hosted, not narrated. We're just dropping into a woman's world. It's like reality TV on the radio. I found out when my dad was gay when I was 10. We were in a convertible on the 405 freeway, listening to the B-52s. And looking back, I should have said, this is gay. This is already all gay. <laughs> Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Fear of the unknown is the greatest fear of all. And for millions of Americans, there is no greater unknown than what to do when faced with an Alzheimer's diagnosis. My name is Dana Torito, and my podcast, The Memory Whisperer, takes a closer look at Alzheimer's disease and those affected by it. Like many of you, I've experienced the disease firsthand. I've been an advocate and care partner for decades and have written extensively about the subject. Each week, I'll talk to people who've been personally affected by the disease and learn how they coped with it. Folks like TV personality Lisa Gibbons. Action is the antidote for fear. And nurse and dementia researcher Dr. Fayron Epps. We no longer can be silent. We have to speak up. We have to share our experiences so we can help each other and learn from each other. Listen to The Memory Whisperer on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Okay, everybody, welcome back. Question two this week is a big one. And it's one I hear a lot, honestly, in a lot of various configurations and different scenarios. So here it is. My son died by suicide in August. I work for the university from which he graduated, and part of my online personal info, like the bio for our website, has always been, quote, I have two sons who graduated from this university, end quote. I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do about that. I mean, both of my sons did actually graduate, but I originally intended that information to stimulate conversation with parents and students about my son's experience. I'm not yet comfortable speaking about my son's death because this grief is still so raw. In the past, parents have indeed asked me about my two sons and what they're doing now. So I'm conflicted with changing some of this information to avoid an uncomfortable conversation. But if I change my information, I feel like I'm dropping my son out of the picture. Okay. This issue of do I take my deceased son's name off of my bio on the website? Like, this is actually something that grieving people wrestle with all the time. Do I mention my person or do I not mention my person? Now, I'm going to try to give you a very short, very short personal story about this. So, I moved to the West Coast about four years after my partner died. So I'm in a new town. There's a lot of small talk happening. People are asking, like, did you move out here alone? Are you married? Do you have kids? Like all of the normal small talk questions. And every single answer, if I answered truthfully, would be my partner died in an accident. 
I'm out here alone. My partner died, right? Like every answer was going to be some variation of Matt's dead. Not disclosing that information felt rude. Like he never existed. Like I was erasing him. But if I did say something, if I answered those questions truthfully, then suddenly I just dragged this really innocuous, very short-term conversation. I detoured it into grief territory. So now we're talking about death instead of talking about like, you know, what's it like living on? Like, do you know what I mean? Like it just, if you're going to drop death into what seems like a just perfectly innocuous, small talk, typical conversation, then you are going there. There's this personal, private line of demarcation that the other person doesn't see, but you can see it coming. And it's like, once I say this, I can't unsay it. And then I have to be ready for this particular piece of information to live in this relationship that maybe isn't ready to withstand this information. There's a lot of in-your-head conversation that happens for a grieving person inside every seemingly benign and normal human small talk interaction. So for this listener... They do want to say that they have two sons who graduated from this college because the fact remains, they do have two sons that graduated from this college. But if they want to stick to that, they have to leave out this massive reality that one of those sons is dead. So it feels like I either say the whole story or I erase him entirely. Now, If you've been listening to me for a while, you know that I don't dig binaries. I don't dig black and white thinking, one or the other. What I really, really like are options. What I really, really like is personal choice. So for this listener, what I'm going to say is, I think you can leave your bio as it is. Because the truth is, you do have two sons. Both of your sons did graduate from this university. You still have stories to share about their experiences there at the college. And you don't have to disclose the rest of the story unless you want to. That's actually not a one and done decision either. Like, I decide that I'm always going to answer when asked. Well, no, sometimes you're going to feel like answering that question and sometimes you are not. The listener said sometimes people do ask about my sons and what they're doing now. So if you know that that's a possibility, maybe you think about ahead of time, what are some responses I could give? One is you might say, it's not something that I get into very often, but one of my sons is doing X, Y, Z out in the world. And my other son, um, unfortunately, died by suicide recently. If you are feeling like you want to be in the education and advocacy moment, you might say something about mental health issues and the importance of leaning on supports and education, like anything you feel like saying in that moment, that's one option. You might also say, you know, if your potential parent or your potential student at this university, if they say like, what happened? Tell me everything. We're going back to my intro to this show here, right? Where we think we're entitled to a lot of personal information because social media makes us think that we're entitled to a lot of personal information. So you've got this potential parent When they hear the information that like one of my sons is off in the world doing this and one of my sons died by suicide recently and they start asking you personal questions, it is okay to say that's not personal information I'm comfortable sharing at this time. I'm happy to talk with you about your questions about the university, though, or even about mental health issues and how we deal with them on campus if that's of interest to you. Right? It is also okay to not say 
anything. It is also okay to leave your bio that both of your sons graduated from the university and when somebody says, what are your sons doing now? You can say, oh, they're both doing great. Thank you for asking. And then change the conversation back to that parent's life. It is a lie. Yes. And it is a lie of self-protection. It is a lie of love and care for yourself. You do not have to disclose personal information even when you are asked if you do not wish to. For a lot of people, it feels like not mentioning their person who has died diminishes that person in some way. Like if I can ever not say to the answer of, um, so are you married? If I feel like I can ever just say, nope, and not say I'm widowed, it feels like I'm erasing that part of my life, that part of Matt's life. It's never going to feel good to not mention your person's name, but I do want you to know that it is an option and it doesn't mean anything about your love for that person or their importance in your life. This is about you choosing what you have the capacity and the interest in sharing in that moment. Which leads me to a conversation about small talk, which we are going to get into in our questions to carry with you right after this break. Don't miss it because everyone can use this part. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. I don't understand what the big fat ones are. You don't put those inside of you, do you? I mean, you do? Yes. This is a show about women. Okay, so I just reapply my lip gloss after eating a delicious lunch. We are headed back now to European Political Systems class at Baruch College. Woo! Finally, a show about women that isn't just a thinly veiled aspirational nightmare. That's it. That's actually the name of the show. It's not hosted, not narrated. We're just dropping into a woman's world. It's like reality TV on the radio. I found out when my dad was gay when I was 10. We were in a convertible on the 405 freeway, listening to the B-52s. And looking back, I should have said, this is gay. This is already all gay. <laughs> Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Fear the unknown is the greatest fear of all. 
And for millions of Americans, there is no greater unknown than what to do when faced with an Alzheimer's diagnosis. My name is Dana Torito, and my podcast, The Memory Whisperer, takes a closer look at Alzheimer's disease and those affected by it. Like many of you, I've experienced the disease firsthand. I've been an advocate and care partner for decades and have written extensively about the subject. Each week, I'll talk to people who've been personally affected by the disease and learn how they coped with it. Folks like TV personality Lisa Gibbons. Action is the antidote for fear. And nurse and dementia researcher Dr. Fayron Epps. We no longer can be silent. We have to speak up. We have to share our experiences so we can help each other and learn from each other. Listen to The Memory Whisper on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Each week, I leave you with some questions to carry with you until we meet again. It is part of that whole this stuff gets easier with practice thing and small talk gives you plenty of places to practice. In fact, this is my third time attempting this segment of the show because I've got so many ridiculously silly questions about small talk gone horribly wrong, and so does everybody else on the team. So, whew, this week, reconstructing small talk. So the listener question that we just ended with before we went to break was about whether this person discloses her son's death in like the ordinary course of everyday life basically a small talk question, right? Like, what are your kids doing now? If you think about it, all small talk questions are terrible, terrible questions. (laughs) How many kids do you have? Where do your kids go to school? How long have you been married? Are you here alone? Every single question could have like just potentially really crappy consequences (laughs) for the person you're asking. There's also this really weird thing that those are actually really intimate questions that we ask of strangers. And yes, I understand the concept of small talk. It's an icebreaker. You're trying to get to know people. But maybe we can rethink what questions we're asking. I don't have an answer to this yet, which is why I'm giving you this week's assignment to reconstruct small talk. But like, let's come up with some alternatives to the standard. Do you have kids? Where do your kids go to school? How old are your children? One, never, never, never ask somebody when they're having children. Can we just please revoke that question ever, forever and ever? We're probably going to do a whole episode on that one because that's a tough one. But no questions about like children, potential children. No questions about relationship status, because that's also like, that's a weird one. What other questions can we ask when you're trying to get to know somebody that don't ask them to reveal intimate information that you shouldn't have access to yet? And and it's not just because somebody might be dead in there, but also just because like you're asking people to reveal things that maybe they aren't so comfortable sharing. And they're maybe not so comfortable saying, I don't want to share that yet. So you could Google alternative small talk questions. and You're going to get a whole bunch of examples that may or may not work for you, either for the situations that you find yourself in or for your personality. Like personally, I find the suggested alternative small talk question of what are you excited about right now to be an odd question? I also find that one strangely intimate or personal, but it might work for you. Anyway, this week's group project is reconstructing a small talk question library that doesn't involve weird, too intimate questions. I get that that's kind of vague as your question to carry with you this week, but it's more of like an assignment of let's come up with some questions that we could ask people we don't know very well to get to know them better, but not ask for too much crazy intimate 
information. Just let me know what you come up with. Wander around with that curiosity in your mind of what are some safer, less fraught small talk questions that we could ask each other. I really just want to build a new small talk question library, and I want you all to help. So let me know what small talk questions you come up with. You can tag me with them on social media at Refuge in Grief. You can email them to us through the question submission form on megandivine.co. You can also send me your actual questions. Remember that I love your questions, whether they are small talk related or not. This is literally a Q&A show, so you can ask me anything you'd like. You can bring me your clinical questions, your frustrations, your frustrations about small talk, your brilliant ideas about new small talk, which might lead to more questions. Let's talk it all out. You can call us at 323-643-3768 and leave a voicemail. If you missed it, you can find the number in the show notes or you can visit megandevine.co. If you would rather send an email either with your homework or with a new question, you can do that too right on the website megandevine.co. We want to hear from you. This show, this world needs your questions. Together we can make things better, even when we can't make them right. All right, you know how most people are going to scan through their podcast app looking for a new show to listen to. They're going to find the show description for here after and think, I don't want to talk about that stuff. Not at a party and not anywhere. Here's where you come in. Your reviews let people know it really isn't all that bad in here. We talk about heavy stuff. Yes, but it's in the service of making things better for everyone. So everyone needs to listen. Spread the word in your workplace, in your social world, on social media, and click through to leave a review. Subscribe to the show, download episodes, and send in your questions. Also do your homework, because I really need new small talk topics. Want more hereafter? Grief education doesn't just belong to end-of-life issues. Life is full of losses, from everyday disappointments to events that clearly divide life into before and after. Learning how to talk about all that without cliches or platitudes is an important skill for everyone. Find trainings, workshops, books, and resources for every human trying to make their way in the world after something goes horribly wrong at megandivine.co. Hereafter with Megan Divine is written and produced by me, Megan Divine. Executive producer is Amy Brown. Co-produced by Tanya Juhas and Elizabeth Fazio. Edited by Houston Tilly, with studio support by Chris Uren. Music provided by Wavecrush. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. You don't put those inside of you, do you? This is a show about women. I mean, you do? Finally, a show about women that isn't just a thinly-veiled aspirational nightmare. It's not hosted, not narrated, we're just dropping into a woman's world. I found out when my dad was gay when I was 10. We were in a convertible on the 405 freeway, listening to the B-52s. 
looking back, I should have said, this is gay. This is already all gay. <laughs> Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Fear of the unknown is the greatest fear of all. And for millions of Americans, there is no greater unknown than Alzheimer's disease. I'm Dana Torito, a writer and Alzheimer's advocate. On my podcast, The Memory Whisperer, I strive to calm your fears about the disease through thoughtful conversations with experts, care partners, and more. Action is the antidote for fear. Listen to The Memory Whisperer on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.